You're listening to The Uncommon Podcast, where we celebrate the stories of men and women who are living uncommon lives. These individuals pursue excellence and purpose in their relationships and work. They optimize their health and stewardship, and they embody victorious vision and fervent faith. Be inspired and encouraged to follow your own uncommon path and live a life of authenticity, accountability, and adventure. Welcome to the Uncommon Fraternity Live Community Call. Uh, at the time of this recording, it is Wednesday, February 1st. It's crazy to think that we're starting our fourth month of these calls. Uh, the Fraternity is our community of men in which we engage in weekly calls to discuss mindset and skills around our six uncommon pillars, which are radical relationships, holistic health, worthwhile work, stellar stewardship, fervent faith, and victorious vision. And additionally, we compete in weekly challenges based on implementing the knowledge and the skills that we're learning around one of our pillars. Uh, we earn points, and at the end of the month, we crown one member with the illustrious title of Mr. Uncommon and bestow upon him a grand prize and bragging rights. And with that, we just wrapped up our holistic health month. And I'm pleased to announce that our winner in title of Mr. Uncommon goes to our own Eric Baker. Congratulations, The wise Eric. owl. The wise owl, everybody. <laughs> Eric, did you prepare any uh, any speech or uh, anybody you'd like to thank? <laughs> and I realize you get the title of Mr. Uncommon. Yeah. It's better than Mr. Irrelevant. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> See if you can have the same success that he did. Uh, just keep keep winning month after month. Yeah. Destroy your elbow. Yep. But great, yeah, but great work, Eric. Uh, yeah, you killed it last month, and there was some good competition. Um, Eric received uh, an exclusive The Uncommon, uh, I believe it was a water bottle, as well as a $50 gift card to the Protein House to continue in his endeavor of holistic health. Mm -hmm. um, but today marks a new month, which means a new pillar, radical relationships. So we'll be talking marriage, parenting, friendship, just being a person that adds value to their relationships. And that means new challenges, new new clean slate for points. So we could be crowning a, a new winner a month from now, or it could be Eric again. Uh, <clears throat> but before we get into today's topic of radical relationships, and we're talking about creating uh, an uncommon marriage, if you're listening to this, if you're a man, you're interested in joining the fraternity, that's awesome. Our membership is currently not open for applications. Um, just got a few things to finalize before we open that, but it will be soon, at which time you'll be able to apply through our website, theuncommon.com. And essentially, it just looks like uh, doing an introductory call with myself. We get to know you better, understand your goals, kind of where you're at in life, and then explain the purpose and utility of the community and just really determine if it's a good fit for both parties at that time. So, before we jump into our questions, does anybody have any wins they would like to share or anything you're kind of working through that you would love some advice? Now's I have something that I want to I want to throw out to the group. And okay. Mr. Uncommon may or may not feel like this is applicable. <laughs> Dogs, do you get them or do you not? <laughs> oh, wow. What a question. <laughs> 
Who has a dog? Yeah, that's a good question. I have a dog. John has a dog. Matt has a dog. Just recently got a dog. And I'll set this up a little bit if you're okay with that, Eric, right? You're going to do it anyways, right? No, I won't. (laughs) I won't if you don't want me to. Let's just stay with that. No, go ahead. Okay. So I go over to give uh, the wise owl his uh, Yeti water bottle and his $50 gift card. And I've texted him three times before. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm coming over. You good? Nothing. Nothing. So I'm driving and I'm like, I'm going to go over there. So I head over there and I knock on the door. Eric and Betty, his wife and him, come to the door. And <laughs> Eric's like, we're deep in negotiations. Sorry, man. And I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> and uh, Betty then uh, proceeds to tell me that uh, her best friend's mother has two. Uh, sure. Wait, what are they? Shih tzus. Shih tzus. Two of them. And uh, are, are putting the heavy pressure on the bakers to take it over, uh, to take these two dogs. And uh, so I just, I gave him my thoughts, but I would love to know you guys' thoughts. Uh, is a dog for you? Uh, and we all know that kids don't help at all. So it is your dog. Um, and so is it, is it fun for your dog, like kids? Like, is it a good idea? Do you feel like it's a wise investment? Does it add? I just want to know all your thoughts. Would love to hear. And, and then, then I want to put the stake in the ground. Be, then does your dog become your best friend or is your wife still your best friend? Yeah, right. Like, then I'd like you to put a stake in the ground. Get it or not. That's uh-huh. what I want to know. Yeah. And then I'd love to hear, Eric, where you guys are at in this whole thought process. And they're coming over Friday. The dogs are coming over Friday. Like the old, why don't you just drive the car for the weekend? That's Friday. a great decision. Yeah. So I've got some thoughts. <laughs> So we're we're about a year into having a dog, and um, it has added a ton of joy to our like our kids just love her. They every morning still wake up, play with her every day when they get home from school. That's the first thing we hear, and they run to her. Um, it has added, you know, just the uh, winter sucks. Let's be honest, but. It has given us reasons to go out. I'm like, hey, we got to walk the dogs. Everybody bundle up, and we're going to take her out to Sailorville, and we're going to run her on the trails. And um, so it's given us reason to to get out and do things as a family. So that's been good. Um, she set she sheds. That sucks. Every time you wear anything black, you just get up looking like the abominable snowman. <laughs> um, so you know. And and if you travel, which we tend to travel a fair amount, it, you got a border, and and that's just you know, adding another hundred and fifty, two hundred dollars onto your trip that you wouldn't have had to if you didn't have a dog. So, uh, my stake in the ground um, is is about three inches into the side of get a dog. So, thank you for that's... your vote. Thank you for your vote. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> Okay, John, I want to hear yours, and then I want to hear why Orion and Ryan don't have a dog yet, and then I can right. weigh in here quick. So I think my first question would be is what's the end goal with the animal? Um, I we I grew up on an acreage, so we pretty much shih tzus are wild game hunters. That's a, right, right. <laughs> that's great a, hunting dogs. Cool um, for uh, Mister Uncommon, right? Like. <laughs> If you're going to take on this additional responsibility for, say, the next 10 years, unless they're pretty elderly dogs already, right? Like, could be 5, 10, 15 years. 
like what's what's the end goal? Um, something I've been evaluating in my life is like, how do we reduce extra responsibilities that aren't like bringing value to our life, I guess? Um, so, so I shot down the guinea pig idea around Christmas, but we did get a hamster, which is a little bit easier. Um, but we do have an Australian shepherd. We've probably had him for about five years. And I, I, if I really think about it, I don't know how much like additional joy he brings our lives. He's a little bit anxious and I've been hesitant to drop a, you know, a grand or more on additional training. Um, and, uh, but, he, but he is a good guard dog. So if anyone comes around the house, he's barking. So it's, it's good for that. But um, we, we have a cat that's like an emotional support animal almost um, loves to snuggle and he's got thumbs. So it's really cool. Um, so I don't know if we had to do it again. I don't, I don't know if we would. Um, he's, he's kind of a fun dog, but like for their extra responsibility and, and like Matt mentioned, um, it, uh, you know, if you're going traveling, it's something you got to take care of. And I don't know, it, I'm very mixed reaction. So I'm, I'm pretty neutral on it. Like he can be really adorable sometimes. And then other times he's just an additional responsibility on top of all the kids stuff and, and, uh, Cats are a little bit easier. You can leave them for longer, but uh, I don't know. I, I'd say I'm kind of in the middle. Um, pros and cons. All right. Why haven't you got a dog yet, ma'am? Well, uh, we're actually uh, debating right now, just as uh, Eric is. If <laughs> we get a dog. So, but the 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 key is like we already have a cat, and I'm not really a cat person. But my daughter wanted a cat, and they've been asking me for like years and years, like, "Oh, let's get a cat, let's get a cat." And I was like, "No, no," and I was standing strong. I was there, right? And then it just wore me down, just like time after time. And I was like, "All right, finally, I will get a cat." Ah, uh, cats are—they're just weird. They're just weird. That's <laughs> just—it's just all you can say. Uh, but. Uh, we're actually trying to decide, do we get a dog now? And there's like two pets. So it's like multiple responsibility uh, to add. So I don't know. I would say I would, um, because the kids say they will, oh, we'll take care of it. We'll take it out on walks. We'll pick up the poop and we'll do all the things. And like, false. That does not happen. <laughs> Wrong answer. <laughs> so I'm actually, I'll stake um, my claim on on the no. <laughs> Do not. <laughs> All right, Eric, where are you at? Where are you and Betty at? Um, I love the idea of having a dog. The idea of having a dog sounds amazing. But, you know, just listening to John talk earlier about just trying to help his wife, like, you know, take some stuff off her plate. My wife is in a very similar situation. And so I just, my concern is just throwing a dog on top of this. It's just going to be too much. And I, February is just a terrible time for a lot of reasons to get a dog. It would just, the timing would be better if it was, if we were getting close to summer and mm. the girls would be out of school and stuff like that. But 
it's just a i think the thing that makes it difficult is it's just a really good opportunity we know where the dog is coming from um mm -hmm. there's a you know it's not going to cost what it would usually cost to get a dog so those are the things i think that make it hard but we should i mean we should probably say no i but i don't know if that's it's gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, could you put your stake in the ground where are you at i just like to hear it for the record please if i put for the record where i'm at yeah yeah if you had to ask me this morning i would say no so now you can use this against me um, <laughs> you have two dogs running around no no here's the thing here's the thing i i will tell you there will not be two dogs Okay. That is a very firm stake. Like you can't pull that stake out of the ground. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's not happening. Okay. Right. But um, yeah, I just like even this morning waking up and like I'm so tired. I'm so tired. And I'm just thinking like, oh, what if I had a a puppy I had to take care of that probably got me up at some point in the middle of the night? You know, it's like, oh right. man, I don't know. We'd make it work. For the record, it's multiple times in the middle of the night. Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's be that. Let's be real here, right? Yeah. So for at least a year, just plan on that. Yeah. On that. Okay. Sorry. Thanks for talking through that. I think that's it's just kind of an interesting conversation. Also, we have a dog. Uh, after I got home from the bakers, I told Aaron that you guys are getting a dog, and I was like, guys, told him hard pass, like hard pass. She's like, what? <laughs> Wrong answer. <laughs> Call him back right now. Tell him to get one dog, not two dogs. Um, so there, there you go. Uh, but let's talk about marriage. This is uh, Radical Relationships, obviously, this month. Uh, it's fun that we're jumping into our fourth month. Uh, so Radical Relationships, first question I would love to have or just ask the group is, what do you think characterizes or categorizes you or anybody to have an uncommon marriage? And it doesn't have to be you. But like, think about the people in your life and think about like what, when you, when you think of somebody who has an amazing marriage, what makes that uncommon or on the flip side, what, what makes a normal marriage or like, what is, maybe it's a high statistic, 70% of marriages normally I would count as like, well, the old ball and chain, that kind of stuff. So let's talk through like what categorizes an uncommon marriage. And then maybe on the flip side, what categorizes a common marriage? I feel like. An uncommon marriage in our culture is one where after you have gotten married and if you've made the decision to have children, like you're still pursuing that relationship with your spouse. You know, it's it, it's not become a transactional like we got to take care of this. We need to go here. Like you're still pursuing that relationship and wanting to know that person better and um, love that, you know, love that person more and more each day. To me, that's uncommon in our culture. It's good. Yeah, I can relate to that. That was one of the most recent, uh, I don't know, conflicts is, is my wife almost said those words verbatim. She's like, I just want you to want to know me better. I just want you to want mm. to know um, so, yeah, I would I would totally agree with that, that figuring out how to still continue to date your spouse 
in the midst of children is uh, not not easy. Not for me, at least. Um, so, um, side note, it, along the same vein, but I heard I heard it said the other day. Let me somebody said, it on average you will marry three people throughout your life. Now, whether it's the same woman mm. is the different story, right? Mm. You, so, so essentially, even if you stay married, you, you essentially marry three different versions of your wife throughout throughout your life. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I thought that was really interesting because I'm looking at our marriage and I'm like, well, I, I know I've probably changed in the 12 years that we've been married, and I, I feel like Katie has changed. And so I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like, which Katie am I currently married to? Like, hmm. kind of. Um, so, because that then plays into, you know. Knowing and pursuing your wife. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. You know, post-kids Katie is different than first married Katie. Yeah. So anyway. An uncommon person knows the person that he's married to right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I think that was a, I want to say that was Tim Keller who's, um, kind of made that, that point, whether in one of his books or a sermon. Okay. It's just, yeah, that we, we change over time and it's not a guarantee. Like, yeah, every decade you're a new person. Like mm -hmm. it happened more, more quickly than that. Or you could be one version of yourself for longer for whatever reason. But that makes me think of like, man, if I do become a quote unquote new man, I want each ver version to be better than the, the previous one. I don't want to be like, you know, downgrading. <laughs> it happened. I mean, I think that's the default. If like we aren't putting yeah. in work, like we'll drift and we won't become better versions. We'll be become worse. Or like the, I think a common marriage like tries to manipulate the, like in this example, this wife to become the person that he wants her to become. And I think that couldn't be further from the devil. Like, no, let your wife figure out who she is and have confidence in that and then pursue and love her. Um, so I think that's pretty, that's, that's a good idea is just always letting her figure out who she is and then loving her, you know, like, Oh, you're, you're Gothic now. I guess I'm into Gothic chicks, you know? So honestly, like letting her have that flexibility of like, no, how can I support you to try to figure out like, who are you? Because I believe, and I can only try to understand like after having kids, like who am I? I used to be this person. Now I have children and I'm just kind of like pouring into my pouring out all, all I have for my children. And then, oh yeah, I have to be a spouse as well. Like it just gets really confusing. And I think that there could be a time. And I know there was a time in my wife's life where she's like, I don't even know who I am. And I remember having like this Holy spirit moment of like, okay, how can I help you figure it out and don't do anything drastic, but like go hang out with your friends go do things that you kind of like to do. Let's go on dates and let's just figure out something fun that you can start pursuing and starting to kind of uh, get excited about. But um, yeah, I think at the, I think ultimately you can break your identity into to two camps. It's BD and AD before dog and after dog. So just really, really think about that when you're making that decision. <laughs> this, is, this is where the third, the third marriage begins then, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure.
Phil, as you were talking, it, it made me think um, one of the things, if you wanted to maybe define it, is like, how are you being a servant leader mm. in your home um, to your wife? It's very easy when you're tired and it's late at night to just, you know, want to do your own thing. Um, it's, it's very easy to, you know, just plop down on the bed and turn on Netflix, you know, and, and watch something. Um, and uh, like a big thing in our house is dishes. Cause we don't have a dishwasher. We have a small kitchen. So there's like, we lose precious storage space. If we put in a, even, even one of the like mini dishwashers, um, which by the way are twice as much as the normal size ones, but um, it, uh, there's a lot of nights where I spend a couple hours just doing dishes. Um, and, and I actually don't mind it because then I can, I, I have the iPad up in the cabinet and I'm usually watching some, some show or something, but mm-hmm. right. Like that's not the thing I want to be doing every night from eight to 10 PM or sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. nine to 11 or, or whatever the time is. But um, I'm not saying by any means that I, I get it right, but I know that's, something that serves my wife well um because well like this morning i fell asleep snuggling with with our littlest last night um while everyone else was at a gymnastics practice but um so i I didn't do the dishes tonight they're just piled up everywhere and there's no counter space and i know that Mm. for laura like that she can't do anything in the morning until that mess is cleaned up so now that today that's something that it's kind of in her way of doing everything else. Um, so normally that's something I try and do, but um, cool. yeah, last night I dropped the ball, um, but I got some good snuggle time. So I, right. There's, there's always things competing. There's a balance, your right? Yep, sure. There's a balance. Um, Let me ask so you this. Yeah. Cause I do think it's interesting. Like if you're not pursuing or you're not working on your marriage, like I'd say it's, you can't do that for very long before it's in a bad place. So like, think about like what you did to prepare yourself for marriage. Like, did anybody do like pre-marriage or counseling? I think that's, yeah, that sounds fun, but like, I don't really think it's that helpful. I think like a year in or six months in now let's go to, let, let's go to somebody to talk through some of this stuff. Cause now I'm paying attention. So what did you guys do before marriage and did it help you like after you were then married? we did a quick marriage counseling at her church and I think it was only like an hour or two. And we answered some questions beforehand, but thinking back um, as I've listened to different podcasts, I think there's a whole lot more that would have been good to go through Mm -hmm. just to make sure like we're getting on the same page, right? Like we're blending expectations from two families and especially John 23 year old John, he he didn't even think about that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and right. Like all these expectations you just carry with you, like, Oh, this is how we're going to run our family. Right. And that was several years before kids, but right. Like inset expectations that weren't front of mind at all. Um, I don't know. I think it would have been helpful to go through some of that. And some of that would have been like financial. Um, it's kind of one of the first things that come to mind, but I know there's kind of been a whole lot more than like, wow, if we would have gone through something like that, like that would have been super helpful just mm-hmm. to get off, you know, kind of on the right foot and mm-hmm. um, after the honeymoon phase ends. But yeah, I think something like a year in, like some kind of mandatory, yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Um, 
we did, uh, you know, the premarital through Cornerstone and um, mm-hmm. Pastor Tom. And Tom Nesbitt, the Tom Godfather. Nesbitt, yeah, the legend himself. Um, <laughs> he, you know, there, there's a fair amount of stuff that, for whatever reason, we still remember and, and talk about. Nice. Um, <clears throat> and I mean, nothing earth shattering, um, but it, it's still memorable and, and comes up and helps me. Uh, but it, it was super interesting. So I, I told you guys that this whole eq journey that i'm mm-hmm. kind of on and and so again just had this talk with my wife i think i even told you guys about it where i was sitting in the living room and she was talking about how like she had like her dad died and a friend of hers you know in high school died and then nobody was really there to kind of coax her along and or not coax her along but like talk to her through it just help her process all of it and she's telling me all of this and and then she says, you know, well, what happens if some one of Skylar's friends were to die? My brain instantly went to, okay, how would I help Skylar? And I just mm-hmm. completely forgot to respond to my wife. <clears throat> and so anyway, that kind of set off a chain of like, well, I, I just wanted you to, you know, comment on that or talk about that. Or that's anyway, long story short, you know, um, we kind of went through this and I said, you know, I'm, I'm working on this. And then I asked the question, like, was there ever a time that you've known me that, I was better at this. Mm. And she said, yeah. Um, you know, when we were dating or when we were first married, right, you would, you know, you would, you would send me verses and you, you know, check in with me, you know, every day, um, every day you, you told me that I was beautiful and, oh man, I really, <laughs> yeah, yeah right. Set the standard high then, didn't I? <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, that was a, that was an interesting question because I I kind of expected the answer to be no. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd say just kudos to you, Matt, for even asking the question because that's a sure. pretty vulnerable question. And I think most guys, even though you kind of assumed the answer, I think yeah, most guys out of their assumption, like no, I'm doing pretty good. Like mm-hmm. probably wouldn't ask it to begin with. And you're inviting, you know. You're inviting uh, criticism or, or uh, yeah, critique, and then, but now it's like, what do you do with Katie's answer, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. How do you, how do you take that and respond? And like, okay, time to, time to shape up a little bit. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. good. Yeah, for for us, I mean, we went through uh, premarital through the church we were going to at the time, and. I remember one thing from it, but it was a really impactful thing. I think at the first session, um, the couple that led it said, um, you have to go into this with a mindset that divorce is not an option. Mm -hmm. It's never an option. It's never on the table. And that is the one thing that has stuck with me now, you know, 15 plus years later. Um, we and, and we had another couple um, that we were friends with at the time had suggested there was this workbook that we went through as well. That was helpful. Um, I was actually thinking as we were talking, man, I should dig that thing up. With that baby, you know you have it. Come on, you better believe it. Um, <laughs> and just see, you know, just revisit some of those. It, it would be very interesting because mm-hmm. I think you know. Um, you know, with the hindsight, 
but now of all these years, it's like, man, it'd be really nice to have known some things that I know now. Um, but I, I think the thing where, where I would have appreciated being better prepared was just that transition to having children. Mm-hmm. Um, and we figured it out, you know, and everything. But like, I think not necessarily counseling, but like just spending time with like folks that have been parents for various years and just getting their input to just mm-hmm. at least better prepare myself for how life was going to change and how how marriage was going to change and how to navigate that. I think that's where I would have benefited um, from some quote unquote counseling. Yeah. I'd love to spend the last 10 minutes, even just answering the question, like what is the biggest struggle in my marriage right now? And then we can kind of talk about how can we, take some positive steps to, to overcome. And I'm, I'm happy to, to kick it off and share. And I would say like disagreements and conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. So just breakdowns in communication. Um, when I think of like my own shortcomings, just like tone of voice specifically, like when I feel I'm not being understood or like I have to re-explain myself, I almost take it as like a personal attack and I can get defensive <laughs> and irritable. It really does get into like the emotional intelligence stuff that we talked about last, last week. We took a, a marriage class last year. So we'll, we'll have been married five years in September. So we took a class, you know, last year at our church It was called re-engage um, Bible-based class. And it was good. It was just like, let's re-engage with, some of the foundational principles of, of marriage. And one of the biggest things that they say time and time again, is they have you make the confession. I am the biggest problem in my marriage. Mm. It's not a fun thing to admit. Um, and I mean, we don't say it to like, you know, be self-deprecating or self-loathing, but I think it's just more of like self-awareness of our own sinfulness and pride. And I think it appeals to like Jesus's commands to take out the speck or to take, take out the log in our own eye before pointing out mm. the speck, like our spouse's eye. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, even, even driving back from our marriage retreat this past weekend, celebrating Victoria's birthday, like we had an awesome weekend and then just some stuff happened on the road. And I felt like I was being nagged, but in reflection, like she was just asking me some questions and I just kind of went off and got really upset. And like, we didn't talk like the whole drive back <laughs> the next day until I was finally like came to her and apologized. And I've just kind of, I'm, I've realized in four years of marriage, like I'm going to spend the rest of my life uh, apologizing to her and having mm. to practice humility and repentance. And like, and that's not a bad thing. Like, I think that is becoming a better version of myself. Like, mm-hmm continuing to practice repentance and humility. And I, I don't always do a great job at that, though. How is it that all wives have this ability to ask, like, two questions and you feel like the dumbest person in the room? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, yeah, they don't even mean to. They're not condescending questions. Right, right. Of my own issues. Right. But, yeah, what other struggles um, are, are we facing in marriage and how can we get past it? Yeah, I think for us with our oldest – um she's 11 she's in fifth grade um so she's 
getting ready to go into middle school. You know, she's really starting to become more independent, more opinionated. Um, we're just having different discussions with her now and having to have many of the same discussions over and over that really try to emphasize some things. And so for us, it's just this, for Betty and I, it's just being in constant alignment on how we approach this and being on the same page. And I think 80% of the time we are, but for that 20% where we're not, it can, you know, it can, it can be hard. And then, and then I think it's like having those, for me, it's the willingness to have those discussions with her and talk through it and not get defensive um, because I don't have all the answers, but the willingness to hear her out, you know, all the things we've been talking about. Right. But when it's like, when you feel like you're at a pivotal moment in your child's life, like a, a kind of a fork in a row, like it really ramps up the intensity of like, we got to get this right. Stakes are high, right? Yeah. I'll go for us. Um, I feel like it always kind of boils down to, I guess finances is really the bottom line is I think she would like to, I know she'd like to travel more and, and do bigger trips. And I'm always kind of like, okay, how are we going to do this? And I'm never the guy to say no, like, all right, we'll figure it out. But I think that causes stress. And my wife's like six love languages, Naples, Florida. Uh, so she wants to go down there all the time um, as much as she could, definitely every year and also do other family trips. And and it just seems like there's always like this tension of like, uh, can we, in my opinion, like, can we just save money and hang out and do little things? And then uh, hers like, but when are we going to go to Florida? Um, and And rightfully so, like, I really do want to do all that, like truly do, but also know like, I still have to provide. And sometimes I, f I think I put this on myself, like I'm not providing the way I should be. And so it falls back on, I think I get whatever the word is, but a hundred percent of the problem, I really do think that's a great exercise. And I want to practice that even more, but like, okay, what can I do different to get different results? And then I kind of get frustrated at myself. Like, man, we should be in a different place that we could do this stuff. Um, and I know that that she feels bad about that too, but I think it all kind of boils down to finances and for us. Yeah, I think with with that, Phil, I even the question that comes to my mind is like, how might I, you know, plan plan a trip with my wife, but also like involve the kids in that planning? You know, having a discussion as a family of like where we all want to go, with understanding it's like we can't go all over the country or all over the world frequently but let's let's plan something together because i think back on my childhood like my parents never asked us where we wanted right. to go and maybe that would backfire but i just love the idea as my kids get older like involving them in the conversation and the planning and, and maybe even like give them some ownership and like saving up for it financially like that's a good idea you know you can contribute some of your allowance or if they're working um you know have Let's say you're going to Disney World and you have the the Mickey Mouse logo up on the fridge and you you let them kind of shade it in as as you as a family start to save for that and even even the preparation for the trip now becomes like a 
an experience for the family to create like connectivity and memories. So just kind of, how do we, how do we be a little bit more intentional with that? Right. Eric, when you were talking about like just pivotal moments in your child's life, what I thought about and like for me, it's like God cares about our kids more than we do. You know, like as much as it is a pivotal moment and you recognize that, like knowing that God truly controls, like I've, I was just reminded of this uh, last week and I feel like when things get stressful and when there's a lot of plates spinning in the air for that stupid analogy, I feel like I put more emphasis on what I can control and how like I can pull myself up on my bootstraps and it's just prideful. It's that's what it is. And so it's funny because I don't feel like I feel stress very much, but the byproduct of me being stressed is that I get prideful. Like I'll do it all. I'll do it all. And, and in, in my kids example, you know, like in their pivotal moments, knowing that, no, Honestly, I'm just not in control. Yeah. As much as I want to recognize that I am or I want to pretend I am, I'm not. But I love that you guys are recognizing the big things that are happening in your children's life. What an honor it is to be able to pray about it together and and give it up to the Lord. And then, you know, I think somebody said, like, what's your end game? John, I think with the dog, what's your end game? I think that's always unifying when I talk about something with my wife that potentially has consequences, like what's the end game and have you and Betty be unified on the end game and then, then talk about the situation and then really see like maybe one of your ideas is not that in line with the end game. Maybe it is right. Maybe both of them are. So then like, so then let's pray about it. And maybe there isn't a perfect answer here, uh, but knowing that you, God's in control of it eases my tension a little bit on things like that, especially raising a kids. Cause it's like, fake it till you make it like that. Hey, uh, fake it till you make it is for parenting. I believe like as much as I'd like to say, we figured out, we do not, we have not figured it out and our parents didn't figure it out. Their parents didn't figure it out. <laughs> so. Yeah. At what age do all the answers just come to you and you know, things <laughs> next year, it's always next year. Next for me. year. Okay. Perfect. By the time you get to that age, your kids are then, they all know everything. So I want to just wrap up real quick. Had a couple of skills that I'll include in the, uh, the recap email, but just some practical things we can do like active listening. So saying things like it sounds like, or tell me more about this while our wives are talking to us. Uh, generative questions. John, I I have uh, finished a list of generative questions I'm excited about, so I'll get that to you guys uh, pretty soon. But let's just stop asking, like, how was your day and how did you sleep? There are so many better questions that will foster curiosity and appreciation in our marriage. Kind of like, do you want to make out? Like, things like that, (laughs) you know? Great one. (laughs) Short answer, I know. Uh, (laughs) Then mirroring is just essentially repeating the last thing someone okay. said. So if your wife says like, I had a great meeting with a client this morning, you just be like, oh, you had a great meeting with a client this morning? And it's like, that just invites them to continue to tell you yeah, more. That's good. And, and then the last one's emotional labeling. So just saying like, oh, that sounds frustrating or exciting or intimidating. And the great part about that one is you don't actually have to be right. If you're, if you're wrong if you're wrong it just invites them to like think about what you said be like no it's not that and then they have to actually think about how they are feeling and clarify so that's a win-win right there um 
And then want to touch on the challenge for this week real quick, and then we'll sign off. So I wanted to give us some options instead of just kind of doing one thing and you can double or triple up. But first one is for you and your spouse to do the love language assessment. Um, We've probably done that at, at some point. We did it when we were first married and now I just did it yesterday and mine have actually changed, which just goes back to our point of like, we, we change. So do that, have your spouse do it, share both of your ones. And then two ways that you will show her love in her number one way this week. That's 25 points. The second one is there's a video on making positive deposits into your spouse's emotional bank account. And I have the link uh, included. It's such a great video by the Gottman Institute and really will just help us understand like how we can just intentionally make positive deposits um, every day. And so you'll share your list of two to four ways that you commit to making these deposits over the next week. That's 35 points. And the third one is take your wife on a fun date where you do something you've never done. Ask her one to two generative questions, post a picture, share the questions you asked, and um, just what did you notice about her reaction and her answers? So yeah, it should be a fun week. I've got a bonus one. Oh, all right. Hit us. Make your wife breakfast in bed for 25 points. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <that> on there. <laughs> I love it. That's good. Sweet. Thanks for everybody's input. And I, I, I just, I really appreciate the authenticity and just kind of opening up and hope you guys are encouraged as well. But obviously marriages are important. And I feel like this is a huge part of uh, our testimony as believers is like, how is your marriage? And how attractive it is when somebody you know has a really good marriage. I think that's uncommon in today's world, and it's something that people are kind of leaning forward and wanting to understand. Like how how do I have one of those? So it's important. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great rest of your week. Bye. Bye. Have a good one. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Podcast. If you have benefited from our show, I would ask you to follow, rate, and review, and share our show. And be sure to check out our website at theuncommon.com where you can learn more about our mission, sign up for one of our live experiences, and take advantage of many resources that will empower you on your uncommon journey.